Welcome back to the Center in the City podcast. My name is Wade Brill and I am so glad you are here. Today on the pod, we are talking about transitioning. It is the time, people. The seasons are slowly starting to shift. I don't know about you, but it's not even September yet and I can start to feel the cooler air, the shorter days. The sun is moving further south, which is always really interesting to notice at sunset. And we are here. We are right here in this moment. So today we're going to explore how do we get to transition into this new season shift while staying connected to ourself and staying connected to our center. So let's settle in and let's get centered. The other day I went to Office Depot to get some things printed for a workshop I was doing and seeing all of the back to school signs I was like oh my god it's this time of year and this rush of memories heading to Staples and getting all the binders and the matching color notebooks and pencil cases and all of those things just like rushed back through my mind and my body with such fondness. So we are here at the beginning of September, the beginning of fall. I'm starting to see people sending their kids back to school or sending their kids to school for the first time. I know my niece is going to preschool And my heart just expands because I remember how uncomfortable those first few weeks of school were for me. I love school, and yet I got anxious. It was a really big shift. You didn't know what your relationship to the teacher was going to be like. You didn't know if this year was going to be so much harder than last year. You didn't know maybe how you and your friends were going to kind of get along this year or maybe your class was different than what you expected it to be. All the things start to happen. So I just welcome you to pause here and notice your relationship to change, your relationship to specifically the seasonal change heading into fall. For me, it brings up this excitement, this newness, this coziness, this sense of connection and community. It's also the Jewish holidays. And yet, I also notice these butterflies of change, right? Things are starting to die. The leaves are starting to fall off of the trees or to change colors. Like nature is slowly turning down its production and heading into hibernation. And yes, we still have time. We don't need to rush the process. Fall is a few months long. We totally have spaciousness to enjoy before we enter into the winter hibernation vibes. And I just feel change. And so I pause to think about my relationship to change. And it's pretty pleasant. You know, change is hard. Change can be uncomfortable. And also, I welcome change because nothing stays stagnant and the same forever. And even if it's something I don't necessarily want to change, 
I try to be curious about the change and how can I embrace it? How can I use it to move me forward? One of the other things I notice about change, especially the seasonal shift, there's this type of like talk in the air. I've been hearing this on podcasts and through social media that, you know, enjoy summer while it lasts because once fall starts, you got to hit the ground running. And I kind of smiled to myself because I, I was like, huh, like that's, that's the kind of energy that's out there in this world. That's the kind of messaging that we receive. Summer has its energy, right? Summer has this like play, go, 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 do, travel, hang out with family and friends, stay up late, right? There's just kind of like these no ruled exuberance of summer. And so with fall, I'm like, oh, great. Here's another another season that says go hustle, do before everything shuts down for the holiday season and hibernation. <laughs> and it just made me laugh. And also I noticed, like I checked in with myself and I noticed like, huh, like is that what my natural rhythm and pace and intentionality wants to do as I start to feel the seasonal shift? It's actually not. Like for me, I want to go really slow into fall. And maybe this is because I've had my slow girl summer vibes going. And I want to continue that goodness into the fall, into this new season. And I just notice I don't want to speed up. I don't want to have that hustle. I, of course, want to have big impact. I, of course, want to do meaningful work and projects. But I do not have gas in my tank to put my foot on the gas pedal and go. And I've been sitting with this of like, huh, like, what's up, Wade? You know, what what's kind of going on? Is this an intentional choice? Is this feeling because, like, you just don't have gas available? Like, where is this coming from? And so... I've really been just sitting with this question. And Jamie Varon, who I've had on the podcast before, I'll link her episode. She's an author, a writer, a creator. In her newsletter, she had the sentence, you can't heal and push at the same time. You can't heal and push at the same time. And oof, that just hit me deep like yes like maybe that's where I'm feeling like I don't have it in me right now to put my foot on the gas pedal and again I think this idea of pushing and striving that we culturally have in our culture is not very helpful it's not healthy it's not sustainable and so I just want to like name that that I'm not saying oh, I wish I was pushing right now because I don't. But I recognize, huh, I don't have the energy to even push if I wanted to push. And sometimes pushing is helpful. Like sometimes right, we need that extra oomph to get across the finish line or to run that sprint or to, or to get to a milestone in a project. I come back to my words of the year, which are patience and deep listening. And when I slow down and deeply listen to myself, 
I realized, wow, I have this whole other layer of healing right now that is calling my attention. And as much as I want to ignore it, as much as I want to just keep creating and keep doing and keep producing and keep expanding and keep growing, those are, that's not what's being called of me right now. And it's hard to say that. Like it's hard to admit that out loud to all of you listening. It's hard to admit that to myself. And yet I have this like, oh, I have to heal again. I have to keep healing. Haven't I spent so much of my life healing? And yes, there's always more. And so I've got to kind of like zoom myself out a little bit and realize, okay, this is a cycle and a season. And right now, this is where I am. And giving myself full permission to accept this is where I am right now. This is not where I will always be. This is where I am right now. And this fall, this transition into a new season gets to look how it gets to look for me. I don't have to feel inadequate or different because I have a different course than the mainstream marketing words that are being shared. Like I get to listen to my own rhythm, my own pace, my own needs. And yeah, like let's be realistic. I can't lie in bed all day, every day and not do anything because for many reasons. One, that's not really healthy. And two, that isn't really me living in alignment with my values. And three, we do live in a capitalistic society where I need to be working to have a lifestyle and to be able to support my family. So all of those things are are true and those are part of the conditions. So as I am in this period of healing that I'll have no idea how long it will be or last or what it will look like and I'm going through this seasonal transition. I notice I need some type of fuel that goes into my tank without collapsing to the ground and being a puddle of mud that isn't really helpful to myself, to anybody else. And this is where we get to tap into two specific mindsets, heart sets, energy sets that give me some cleaner, more digestible, more energizing, gentle fuel in my tank right now. And it's not fuel that necessarily helps me push or work harder, faster. It's just energy that helps me feel present, that helps me feel alive, that connects me to just the daily delights. And those two energies are connecting to joy and play. In Buddhism, there is this term called sympathetic joy. And the phrase in Pali, and Pali being the language of the Buddha is mudita. So mudita is translated into sympathetic joy. 
when I first learned years ago about sympathetic joy, I was like, it's first of all a weird name, sympathetic joy. Like what? You know? Um, so I was already judging the name. And then learning about it, I was like, huh, this is a really interesting heart set to embrace. Because joy is something like kindness, like it's free. Joy is always available and sometimes it doesn't feel like it is. Like sometimes I think we get conditioned, we as in North American culture, uh, get conditioned that we need to be doing things or receiving things or owning things to bring us joy. But this practice of sympathetic joy helps us tap into the feeling tone of joy that we can access at any time. So I'll circle back to this practice. Another way that we can connect to joy and a way that I love to practice for myself, I also offer this with my clients sometimes when it shows up in our sessions, is even just the simple act of knowing what makes us joyful, like creating a joy list. It is sometimes, I'm like, what brings me joy? Like, ugh, nothing brings me joy, right? It can be so easy to be like, nothing but just sitting on my butt watching streaming shows. But that doesn't even actually really bring me joy. It just feels maybe comforting in the moment. And so I think about, creating this joy list to even just open my mind to like, oh my God, yeah, there are so many things that bring me joy. That feeling of delight, that feeling of pleasure. So whether that is playing tennis or taking walks or cooking or baking or trying a new yummy restaurant or being cozy on a couch with a girlfriend, like the list goes on of, of what brings me joy, what kind of practices and actions I can take. And circling back to the sympathetic joy practice, there's ways that we can just connect to the feeling without the doing. And you can practice this formally in meditation, but even in informal ways, you know, if right now you bring to mind somebody in your life who is experiencing good fortune, goodwill. So maybe it's a friend who just bought a home or a friend who got a raise or a friend who just had a successful surgery or maybe it's your child playing with a toy or for me like seeing my niece play hide and go seek. There are these moments of joy that are all around us and so when we can just tap into their joy and recognize like oh my god their joy is also my joy it's not just theirs that it's also mine and it can be shared and it can be expanded it can be such a powerful heart opening practice so much of the time we kind of get into this mindset, again, we as in North American culture 
of, oh, if somebody's experiencing goodwill, like, oh, maybe some jealousy starts to pop up. Like, huh, why isn't that happening for me? Or why didn't I get that promotion? Or, you know, they just got married. Like, where, when am I going to find my person? And yes, we might be happy for them, but there also might be that like, huh, what about me feeling? And when we practice sympathetic joy, we actually realize like there's enough for everybody. And when that person or those people get married and connect to love, like, wow, I can also experience that love. Of course, it's a different flavor than it necessarily being the same love that's maybe in a romantic relationship that I'm wanting one day if I wasn't married. Joy is available. And so joy for me has been this huge practice to come back to of like, oh yeah, like I get to fill my cup. I get to fill my tank with some gas right now that supports me being creative still. It supports me being present. It supports me staying connected to life. This other energy of play is so delightful. Play, you know, I used to think was like very silly. I mean, it is silly. But I used to think like, huh, adults don't play. And during the pandemic, I realized like, oh no, like I need to play, right? I am an adult and I need to play because I, I needed something to counteract all of the really heavy energy that was in our world. So I try to every day or every day is very much of a stretch, at least a few times a week, have recess, have some recess time where my husband and I can go out, we play tennis, we have fun, we have this opportunity to just like move our bodies and play. And to me, I don't, yes, it's movement, but the intention of tennis for me is more from this idea of play than like, oh, I'm going to get my heart rate up and I'm going to work on these muscles and blah, 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 blah. And when we play, it creates joy. You know, so I even start to think of like, huh, what are the other ways I can play? Because play doesn't have an end goal in mind. You know, you, you don't play to get x y and z like you don't play because it's quote-unquote like productive I mean it's productive because it makes you happier and happier makes you yeah probably sleep better and healthier and more connected and then yeah you probably will have a more productive day but really we think about play because it's just this like natural human tendency we see animals in nature playing all the time with each other and somehow in our you know capitalistic machine driven world we have kind of lost some of that natural play tendency now that I'm thinking of it I guess people who love video games that is a form of play I know it helps distract them also from and kind of like unwind from the stress of the day so that could be a version of play if that feels like your jam it's not my jam but no judgment there sometimes for me play also comes in the expression of learning a new recipe or or being in the kitchen and just experimenting like that is play to me I have all these different ingredients and ha what am I going to create and yeah there's an 
output, there's, you know, that cake at the end of playing or there's that chicken dish. But I don't know. I'm not controlling it. I'm in the like, huh, curiosity and wonder of the whole experience. So as we take this step into the new season and start to think about these final months before the end of the year, before people typically head into busy season of the holidays, I really welcome you to think about not only your relationship to change, but also like what do you need to support you as you transition? What kind of gas in your tank do you need that's going to help you enter this new season with a lot of care, with a lot of curiosity, with a lot of kindness? And if you're in a season of your life where slowing down and taking some time to strengthen your mindfulness muscles to just bring more awareness to what and how and why you're doing things like before you even kind of answer the how to even just start to train the mind and the heart to slow down and observe and get some information i'm really excited to share that my mindful moment program is coming back so it's a meditation group series starting October 1st. And I'll link details in the show notes. And it's all about us strengthening our mindfulness muscles so that we can learn how to manage our thoughts more effectively, our emotions to help us find softness and strength in our life and kind of when does what call for. We explore all of these also various meditation practices, but also these mindfulness pillars in our life like joy, like non-judgment, and so forth and so on. So if you're interested or if you have questions and want to learn more, I welcome you to check out the link in the show notes and I welcome you to join us. And for a very limited time, I am excited to offer Centered in the City podcast listeners a code. So if you would like to sign up and get a discount code for this program, it's going to be linked in the show notes. So check it out and that will only be available for the first week of September. So definitely take um, advantage if this program is speaking to you. Thank you for being here as always. Until next time, stay centered.